0: Everybody, welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. And I'm Clayton. <laughs> and I'm your romance novel veteran.
1: And I'm the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Yes, hello.
0: Um, so this was a big week, and I think first things first, we need to let everyone know we are not in the podcast studio. Nope. We are somewhere else now.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> is there a reason we can't say we're in your living room?
0: We're in my living room. <laughs> because last night.
1: We had a big party.
0: It was a big a stars born karaoke extravaganza. Uh-huh.
1: For my birthday.
0: Because I made a joke of the podcast months ago and we carried it through.
1: Oh yeah. That we were gonna do a stars born dress up party. Um, as people in reaching their middle age will often do.
0: Yeah, people in their mid to late thirties just yeah. at a costume party in August. Thank you for saying mid. <laughs> Well, I was late. there is what yeah, I'm saying. That's
1: true. Mm-hmm. There's a karaoke machine that was purchased Pat- specifically for that. Yeah. Uh, producer Patty bought or found or acquired it somehow. Bought. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was so much fun. Um, I think if you go to Instagram, you'll find it probably in a few posts back. Us, you're hosts doing a duet of shallow (laughs) which nobody asked for
0: nobody wanted people asked us not to (laughs) and we still did so then we had such a late night last night that we stayed in our that we're gonna just do this in our in my living room yep and so we are comfy cozy on a
1: couch we're comfy cozy on the couch is a great trope (laughs) we need it yes so we're gonna be relaxed so if uh i'm not as uh amped up as usual you're welcome
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have a heating pad on. Oh, we have the great. window shut. The fans are turned off. So yeah. we're just going to swelter in here. Oh,
1: this would be great. Yeah. But we have a huge book mm-hmm. this week um, Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do us weekly, Alex says. Hmm. June digs it out of the stack. Oh, look. We made the cover this week. She flashes the glossy cover at him, which has a photo of the two of them inlaid in one corner. June's hair pinned on top of her head, and Alex, looking slightly overserved but still handsome, all jawline and dark curls. Below it, in bold yellow letters, the headline reads, First Siblings, Wild NYC Night Oh yeah, that was a wild night. "'Alex says, reclining back against the tall leather headboard "'and pushing his glasses up his nose. two whole keynote speakers. "'Nothing sexier than shrimp cocktails "'and an hour and a half of speeches on carbon emissions. "'It says here you had some kind of tryst with a mystery brunette. "'June reads, "'Though the first daughter was whisked off by limousine "'to a star-studded party shortly after the gala,' 21-year-old heartthrob Alex was snapped sneaking into the W Hotel to meet a mystery brunette in the presidential suite and leaving around 4 a.m. Sources inside the hotel reported hearing amorous noises from the room all night, and rumors are swirling the brunette was none other than Nora Holleran, the 22-year-old granddaughter of Vice President Mike Holleran and third member of the White House trio. Could it be the two are rekindling their romance?
0: Anyway, yeah. So this is a massive book. It's been an everywhere. It's one when we went to BookCon. Everybody was talking about it. So we knew we had to have it on the podcast. Um, so we had a actual live copy that we were able to pass back. No, you read the whole thing. I read it on my phone. But still.
1: Oh, yeah. I had a physical copy mm-hmm. that I read on the subway.
0: Did anyone say anything to you? No. Okay.
1: But I am such... So far in my... Um, normalizing of romance reading in my life that I really did not even give it a second thought. And the cover is full pink. Mm-hmm. It's 100% pink. And who cares? Yeah. Nobody mentioned it. I didn't care. I was pulling it out like nobody's business. i sure
0: people were like, ooh, what's he reading? I want to read I'm it. I'm sure,
1: because it has a very, well, let's talk about the cover. Oh, yeah.
0: What do you think of the cover?
1: Well, number one, it is very striking, I think, because of how pink it is. Mm-hmm. Um it's got huge font, red, white, royal blue, they are the colors, and then we have our two heroes. We have the president's son and we have the prince, so Alex and Henry, kind of leaning against uh the word blue. And I will say, you know we've talked about cartoon covers before and we're going to talk a little bit more about it now. Uh this book actually ended up being the perfect kind of book to have that kind of cover, I think.
0: Because this book was pretty much closed door.
1: It was a lot of
0: fade to black.
1: Mm -hmm. Which, when we we were talking about this earlier over dinner, uh, it can, like, now that I've read cartoon-covered books that are explicit, I was expecting uh, it could be explicit, and then I was bummed that it wasn't. Yeah. So uh, I can't really blame the cover for that because uh, that's my expectations. I would say it is an inviting cover, and it's definitely something that like you would sit on the subway and read, and you wouldn't feel like oh this is a romance. Somebody's going to judge me. Not that you should worry about that because everybody does romance. Everybody should be reading romance anywhere they want at any time, it, unless they're like you know operating heavy machinery or something like that.
0: Yeah, don't if do that. If you're a then. pilot,
1: I don't want you reading, Not you know, at that moment. Yeah, not at that moment.
0: But once you land, then that's fine.
1: Or, like, you put it on, like, um, autopilot and get a few pages in. I have no problem with that.
0: Well, I've heard Just watch also- out for birds. <laughs> that most of the time you are in a plane, it is just the plane It's flying itself. Yeah. Like, pretty much takeoff and landing as pilots. Otherwise, they're just sort of there.
1: Okay. So they can be reading then. Perfect. Yeah. Just not during taking off and landings.
0: We need a pilot romance.
1: Yes. Rex. We don't have any. hmm? Come on, guys. Do our research for us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would love if it was a bunch. What if it was like rival uh, flight attendants and then they keep being like put on different flights together, but then not. Yeah. And then making out in that little weird bunk they have. That'd be cool. Yeah. Write it.
1: Me? You write it. You write it. (laughs) You write it. No, you write it
0: okay so my thing about cartoon covers i love this cover great and if there are cover awards i think whoever made this cover should get that award wow because it is really really well done striking and the the prince and the first son very handsome i want them to get together like great here's my thing about cartoon covers in general because i really have been thinking about this for weeks is i feel like a lot of romance and especially because it is you know largely female readership is a lot about like centering female pleasure and desire and not being ashamed of that and being very outward about that, especially like more recent, like romance in the last 20 years or so has definitely been that way. And so I feel like those covers are sort of a reflection of that, that they're a little bit fantasy and it's always sort of people mitted brace and all those things. And I feel like what happens with the cartoon covers is it's like a neutering of it. Or it's sort of like what you said, where it's like, well, now I don't have to be ashamed of reading this thing um, because it just sort of looks like any other like a YA novel or something. And that's what really frustrates me, because I'm like, it sort of is neutering the book and that this is supposed to be about, you know, it's a love story. There are stories. It's not just sex, but it is like sex is a part of it for a lot of them. And so this being pretty much closed door, I think it's, like, it gets a pass. Mm-hmm. But in general, I feel like that's the reason I am not such a fan of the new cartoon covers. Because I feel like, you know, they are um, sort of hiding within the book. And then I think in that, then they're sort of teaching the audience to be a little bit shamed as well. And I don't I like see that.
1: that. I can see that.
0: Yeah. So... You know, I mean, if you are an author and your book is a cartoon cover, like I'm sure it's great. Alicia Rye's new book is a cartoon cover and she's an amazing author and an extraordinarily sexy writer. So, um, and I think
1: the cartoon covers do sell books. I mean, that's just the facts. And it's in we live in a time where not a lot of people purchase books. And I think if you can get more people to purchase books through this, especially romance or just books in general, it is a good thing you know but i understand what you mean it it's a little bit of a, it seems like a step back instead of people embracing romance and all its fun tropiness and part of it is those ridiculous covers well
0: and i think the thing is too maybe that's it as well is like as romance is going mainstream because this was like front and center on all kinds of displays and everything which is like obviously i love it like mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's a bad thing i think that's a great thing but you're sort of making it more palatable for the masses. And so you're sort of taking something away from it. And I think that's what I really am not enjoying with the cartoon
1: covers. Okay. I, I, I see, I totally see your point. I think there's so many ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure all of our listeners have different um, opinions about it. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I get it. And, but at the end of the day, it's like, I do think that anything that gets people to read and anything that gets people to have a little bit of romance in their life is, at the end of the day, good.
0: So, what was this book about?
1: This book was about Alex, who is the son of the first female president, and Henry, who is the Prince of England, who is gay, but not out. They are... Well, Alex does not like Henry because of he was mean to him at like some social event one time i don't think henry remembers it but the, at the rio olympics they that's remember Re- the rio olympics so they get into a like kind of physical altercation and uh they what they have to do for that is like damage control so they have to make it seem like th- they are best friends so the uh both of the like there's a lot of um, political maneuvering in uh, PR stuff that happens in this book. You see like how much PR goes into being a uh, a pol- politician's uh, like kid or a prince royalty. So what they do is they set it up so that like they're best friends and then they eventually fall for each other. And then it's the fallout of that decision. The big thing also with this is that Alex is a um, uh, queer. No, I'm sorry. Um, is Henry is queer, but Alex comes out as bisexual, but he realizes he's bisexual through his romance with Henry. So that's what the book's about. In broad strokes.
0: Yeah, of course. It's just broad strokes, just in case you didn't read it. But I would say we both really loved this book, and so like do buy it. And we will spoil it. Yes. So if you do still want to read it and you don't want to be spoiled, then pause us, go read it, come back.
1: Here's what I will say about this book. I am incredibly jealous <laughs> that I did not come up with the idea for this book.
0: Re- it, re- because
1: I think this book was written as a make-this-into-a-movie kind of thing which I think is brilliant and I think it is there's so many scenes in this that are uh constructed like movie scenes where I can see them and how they would work in the narrative and how they would work cinematically and I think that was such a great decision to make like I don't I don't think that it's a bad thing that that was the plan um, because it's still... We,
0: we're assuming that that was a plan. We don't know anything about we, this author. We
1: don't, but I, I I, do think that this was a canny move, and that's not saying... That's not bad. I think that's awesome.
0: Because it's already been optioned.
1: It's already been optioned, obviously, because it was written as... It, it was written in that way that it's a ready-to-make rom-com. Uh, she did all the work for somebody. You know, like, yeah, they might have to switch things, change a few things in the script, maybe she gets to write the script, get paid twice for the same thing. Mm. It's brilliant. Yeah. But I, as soon as I started reading this, I was like, I could see this as a Netflix original.
0: And it would be great.
1: And it'd be great. And it would be great, and it would be the buzz. Like, everybody would be talking about this. It'd be like, who's going to get cast as Alex? Who's going to get cast as Henry? You know, who's going to play, uh, who's gonna play uh, uh, Alex's mom, the first female president? Who's gonna play Richards, the evil Republican scumbag mm-hmm. who we find out is a scumbag?
0: Something that I loved about this book is like as much as we talk about like romance's wish fulfillment, like this was like wish fulfillment on like a universal scale where it was like, oh, this could have been how it went and she never references uh, the current administration or anything they it's like they never existed. but it does a great she does a really great job of writing people that we would know like the president's son and prince Henry and stuff and using enough real life things. So we're like, okay, we can really place this in time and understand it without it being too fantastical or weird or like, well, that's not really what it is or that's not who this is. Like I thought she did. She towed that line so perfectly. And I really loved that. And I was like, Oh, good on you. It's a good one.
1: She wrote in the afterward that she wanted to, make, uh, write a book that had elements of reality, but make the reality l- like less bad. So <laughs> it's not like homophobia and things like that don't exist, but we're not living in the current administration. Like you said, it didn't happen. Uh, she won the 2016, mm-hmm. uh, election. So Trump doesn't exist. Uh, there are several other things that I can't remember right now, but like they were Mitch like
0: Connell exists. McConnell exists, though? Yeah. Because they write Bitch McConnell. Yes, that's which is true. Which pretty great.
1: That is great. Yeah. Um, but there are several little tweaks to reality that I, I smiled at because mm-hmm. romance, a lot of it is wish fulfillment and creating a world that you would like to see. And it, this alternative reality is like way better than the one that we're living now. But still, the struggle will always kind of exist somewhere. It's, that's never going to really go away, you know? Yeah, people if it was who on lollipops off...
0: and candy canes, I think it would be pretty... Di- it wouldn't be an interesting book. Yeah. It'd be like, this is absolutely absurd. Like, there was enough that you understood the danger and stuff.
1: But I will say um, that this book is, even though it is a closed door, it, it, most of the characters, uh, except for, like, the queen and a few other people, are, like, super sex positive,
0: but i think something that comes with like the royal family is all about like having children to perpetuate the royal family. Yeah. And just to be on record, i think that the royal family should be abolished. I still enjoyed the book. Yeah. but i'm an anti-monarchist. But i th- hot take. <laughs> but i think um so yeah, so so much of of that is about procreating and mm-hmm. then that basically like him being gay closes the door on procreation in the way that they need it to happen because it's like you can't really do a donor you know what I mean Mm -hmm. as a royal family if that's something that they wanted to do the other thing that was crazy is like how young they were
1: 21 and like 23 or 25? 25 25 Henry's 25 Alex is 21 right yeah
0: and I thought that that was so young because when And we're sort of skipping around. Yeah. When um, Alex's mother, the president, who I was obsessed with her and Mm -hmm. loved her, she swore a lot in private and seemed to be very professional in public. And uh, when she found out that what was going on, she was basically like, you have to break up with him or it has to be forever. And I was like, holy mackerel. I'm like, he's 21 and he just discovered that he's bisexual. I'm like, I'm not saying he's not going to end up with Henry, but it's also like, maybe live your life a little bit. It seems like... Yeah, that's... That's a big question to give a 21-year-old about anything.
1: Yeah, and there was a level of I understood how mercenary she had to be about everything because obviously being the first female president, it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of I can't lose out on re-election because of a fling, mm-hmm. which was what she sort of said. And I got it... Um, but it was, it just makes you think of the political system and how much you have to cater to people's bigotry. <laughs> that it just seems so crushing. And, you know, uh, not to get political, because I don't want to get political, even though we're, you know, we have to talk about it a little bit because it's a very political book. But what did you think of his, uh, uh, Alex's donning uh, sexuality when he figures out that he's bisexual? I thought that was very interesting.
0: What do you mean? Like, well, just like what the aspect.
1: steps it took for him to look back and be like, okay, so I kind of messed around with my friend Liam, and I had this, uh, I stole i stole my sister's uh, J-14 magazine that had Henry in it, and he would always look at it, and she knew, because mm-hmm. it would always be disappeared. Like, it would be, he would always have it, or his grubby little fingerprints were on it, she said. And... I thought it was interesting him putting those things together. Uh, the dawning on him on on himself that he was actually bisexual. I don't know because I've never been through that, but I think it was done in kind of a realistic fashion. June June knew.
0: June knew and yeah. his father knew too. Yeah. I do think it's one of those things like the people around you kind of know, you mm-hmm. know they don't admit that they know. Yeah. No, that was really interesting because it is just like how sharp the denial is him knowing like he had to play a part especially within his mother's campaign because it seems like around the time when you're sort of really discovering your sexuality or like testing it out um was seems to be the time that she started running for higher and higher office and then it's sort of like he can't
1: he well he had political aspirations as well.
0: He wanted to be the youngest senator which is um yeah, good. I mean, that's a goal.
1: Mhm. Bully for you.
0: <laughs> he gave it up though. He but
1: did give it up. Um, in more ways than one. Hello.
0: (laughs) He, yeah. So then you sort of look back and you're like, oh yeah, that all did make sense that then what's happening now is sort of what was going to happen. But, uh, no, that it it checked out for me. I was surprised how quickly like he was okay with it. Because what happens is they're doing, he hates Henry because he was rude to him once at Rio. He really hates Henry because there's a crush on him that he's like in severe denial of. And so it turned to hatred. Mm -hmm. We all know this. Alex don't know this. Mm -hmm. So um, he, uh, they are like pretending to be friends and sort of like actually really getting along. And Alex doesn't really have any guy friends. And so he's sort of having Henry take that place within him which i think he thinks it's nor he thinks it's okay because he doesn't know that henry has a crush on him otherwise that would be kind of you know
1: messed up yeah they're texting all the time and they're like getting to know each other and he thinks like oh it's just like what buddies do yeah yeah
0: calling each other late night you know so then they're at a uh, new year's eve party and henry watches alex kiss nora which is sort of their tradition to like make out on at midnight And then he storms off and Alex follows him. And then Henry confesses that he has a crush on him and they make out or they kiss. It was very hot. It was yeah, it was cool. For a closed door book, this is a very sexy book.
1: It's a modern romance that there is a really great reason to keep them apart. Mm -hmm. It's one of the hardest things to do is to put up obstacles for modern romances. We've talked about this a lot, but this does such a good job of making what they're doing have to be clandestine, which makes it hotter. Right. Them having to sneak around. Them having to find ways to uh, see each other. That scene where they go into the museum Ugh. at night. New fav- one of my new favorite tropes, like uh, after hours museum. We'll, or, work
0: on the, we'll work on the title.
1: Or uh, places that are closed... That it's not snappy, but this is what it is. It's like (laughs) if two characters are in a museum by themselves, nobody else abandoned right at night, a mall, two characters in a mall that's closed.
0: What if we call that after hours getting down? Mm, We can do better.
1: Yeah, we can do better after hours. Well, because it's got to be about the fact that it's a business that's still open. Like it's not an abandoned place but it's empty after hours clandestine
0: after hours clandestine okay well that's great cuz they're at the Victorian Albert Museum and they just start like making out all over the place
1: and i love that they would they would email each other back and forth like quotes and talk about art and they would talk about politics and they would talk about these things and i really like that that they were having Because there was a segment in the beginning where they're starting to get to know each other, and they start talking about Star Wars, and I wanted to throw up. (laughs) I'm not a Star Wars person, to each their own. But if it was going to be them bonding over pop culture, I wasn't super interested in that. But I love that it became more than that. They started talking about things, and then they were talking about like gay icons throughout history and stuff like that. I thought that was so interesting. And I deepened their relationship, and it showed them to both be very intelligent, which I liked.
0: Yeah, and I think it's the sort of thing, too, where they both understood how they were being placed in history in a way that sometimes with these novels people are, like, overly important or something, but they were like, no, like, there will literally be history books written about us. And then, you know, because that's the thing about gay and lesbian and queer history is that a lot of times it's hidden. You have to kind of find it. And so all of these quotes were different letters to, you know, uh, people, you know, about their love in a sort of a way of, like, rediscovering that history, which I really loved. Because Henry is a history um, buff and knows sort of a lot about that. I didn't love that this was third person, one point of view. We only were ever with Alex. And I gotta say I didn't like it. And I think that's my big criticism is that like I wanted to spend time with Henry. And so we only ever got what was happening from Henry, kind of from him either saying something to Alex or being like, or us sort of inferring what happened. And I wanted to spend more time with him. And I was wondering at first, it was sort of like when we were in hothead, because you don't want to know that the other person is into it. And that would sort of ruin it. But this, the game is given up so quickly that Henry has had a crush on him that I just don't understand why we couldn't do both of them. And it got me really frustrated because I felt like we were getting almost just half a story.
1: Because Alex's struggle with his bisexuality was kind of pretty brief right? at the beginning. So the thing with Hothead was that it was a continuing struggle the whole time till the end where this was, like you said, once he is okay with being bisexual, there's no reason not to hear... Henry's thoughts, but by that point, it's way so far into the book that if you moved to Henry's point of view, it would seem weird that it took that long.
0: And maybe just because I love pining so much, you wanted Henry to pine. I wanted to read about Henry pining because he taught <laughs> that fresh scent of pine, pine hero. hero. I would, you know what I mean? It's like, I would have loved it had we had those chapters of him being like, I know he's being mean to me, but I really like him and I have a crush on him and and trying to see through what Henry's thought processes were. I just felt like we were sort of missing out and it bummed me out.
1: Yeah, I I can see that. I can totally see that.
0: But I think it's also like, she's such a great writer. I think she would have done well with it.
1: Yeah. So what did you think of the style? Because... She definitely is jokey. Uh, there's a, These characters joke constantly. And as somebody who jokes constantly, mm-hmm. there was a level of glibness to the characters. Maybe that was a little too much. They could get serious, but there was a lot of quippiness. I get it, because I try to be quippy. But that what that did wear on me a tiny little bit. But I do think it was a funny book, and I do think that the characters... Related to each other in a humorous way.
0: I think everybody related to each other in a very real way. Like, I only have one brother. So, like, June and Alex's relationship, like, I definitely saw. And my brother's also, like, a little bit like Alex. Like, he's kind of a loner and, um, you know so uh, what are some other faults of <laughs> brother? my
1: brother <laughs> i'll start telling you faults of my sister if you want to do this no my brother's <laughs> I'm, perfect i'm joking your brother is a very nice guy i've met him several times he gave me a ride back into the city once
0: from connecticut he didn't
1: need to do that it was such a cool thing
0: i liked that relationship i did not understand nora she would walk into a scene and it'd just be like a black question mark i'd be like what is up with this person? Because they were like, oh, she's also bisexual. She didn't make sense to me, and I didn't understand why she was involved, other than like sort of at the end she exposed the plot, which was great. But other than that, I would just sort of like, I don't understand what we're doing here with this woman. I
1: think she's supposed to be the manic, comedic sidekick in the movie.
0: And is she fucking June?
1: Who knows? That... That's the thing about this book is that there is like, yeah, she always, they always joke about it.
0: She always joked about it. And then that night, the first night that Alex and Henry have sex, um, he talks about how June and uh, Nora sleep in the same bed, which is, I, like, I've done that, slept in the same bed with girlfriends,
1: too. Like, which ones?
0: <laughs> and he's, is like, oh, and then Nora had lipstick on the back of her neck. So I'm like, so they're fucking...
1: Are we going to get a June Nora book?
0: I don't know what her next book is. I know she's writing one right now, but it's possible.
1: Is it red, white, and June? (sighs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll tweet it to Casey. We'll be like, what do you think, hon? And she'll be like, please stop tweeting (laughs) at me. I'm too
1: big for this right now. (laughs) I just (laughs) last week got too big to answer your tweet. Yeah.
0: I will get have someone get back to you. Oh, yes. I love when people get too big to talk oh, to me. It's so great. It's what I wish for everyone. <laughs> <It's>...
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't get too big to talk to me, then we wouldn't have a podcast. Yeah. But at that point you wouldn't care. <laughs> You're like, I'm too big to even care.
0: <laughs> Our podcast would certainly go downhill if I stopped speaking to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm, no. I would have to do a Bowfinger type situation where you did not know you were on the podcast.
0: You would just follow <laughs> me around and then just cut it together? I
1: would have to, like, take <laughs> audio from you just talking to other people and, like, speak around it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Listen.
1: Is that a podcast idea? <laughs> a Whatever get, you Like, do. A, a co-host that doesn't know that they're co-hosting a <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Let's, let's... You...
0: What if you did a podcast and it was all just like eavesdropping? It was called Eavesdropping with Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> and you just go into like crowded spaces and just record other conversations. Yeah. And then you sort of like speculate to, as to what happened before and after.
1: Yeah. Could I call it a barely legal podcast? No. Because <laughs> it's pretty legal. What about if I had a peeping podcast where I peep into windows and describe what I see? All right. Now and we've sometimes, gone too far. Well, sometimes it's just furniture. It's too far. But it's not a bedroom situation. It's living room peeper. No. No? Can you
0: imagine know how creepy it would be if you if you watched in your living room and you were standing in the window? It'd be awful.
1: Why? Why did you say if I was? Because you were the one like doing I'm the, the peep But like, I'm the most like, I, some people would be like, fine seeing me there. No. Nope. There's worse people that could be looking in your window than me. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm better people too. Oh. <laughs> I do think that this was a very enjoyable book, a very fun, funny book, and Would you say that this is a good introductory book for a romance reader?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Uh, If you want to dip your toe without very explicit sex, but still hot scenarios. Because let's
0: talk about at the party. So Henry kisses Alex for the first time and then... Henry immediately like bounces because he sort of like doesn't know what the fallout was going to be and he wants to get out of Dodge.
1: He trudges out into the snow. He just starts running into the snow.
0: He runs all the way to England. (laughs) He's the prince and they can do that. But they start talking again and sort of realize that they, you know, are both into this. So then the next time he sees them at this like really fancy state dinner. So they're doing like the cocktail hour and then Alex basically says to his security, like you need to give me five minutes alone with him. And the security was like, "Uh, you're going to go bone Town? Got it. And lets them in, and then Alex pushes him up against a picture of Alexander Hamilton, who he was named after, and then blows him minutes before people come in to have a formal dinner. And it was very sexy. A lot of
1: blowing in this. A lot of blowing in this.
0: Yeah, it's what you do. Yeah.
1: I'm pro blow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I thought that was maybe the sexiest scene in the whole book.
1: Yes. I loved it. Um, They, uh, well, uh, I mean, the most romantic scene is the museum scene, which yeah, I really
0: at like. the Victoria and Albert Museum. I
1: do also like when um, the first you uh, know thing, which it actually makes it sound more like explicit than it actually is, but when um, they uh, like have sex, sex for the first time, and Alex has never done it before. And there's a cool way that the author describes well, has Alex describe his sex life with uh, with um, Henry where it's different every time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he's taking him apart and like trying to unloosen him or or loosen him up. And sometimes it's very free and all these different. And and I, I love that. I love that idea that like, yeah, every time is different, you know, because there's just So much that goes with that dynamic. And I thought that was a really interesting, evocative way to describe a sex life. You know, Mm -hmm. that was cool.
0: I also loved that they end up being discovered at the Beekman Hotel.
1: And he falls out of the closet, basically. When he falls
0: out of the closet, the Beekman Hotel is where I got married. (gasps) So I felt like maybe I was also there.
1: Oh, it was going on at the same time? Yep. Yep. That would have been cool.
0: I was getting married. They were getting it on. Yeah. I know exactly what the rooms look like. I knew what the bar looked like. I, I love, love that. It. Oh, it was a th- such a thrill for only me. that I was like, ooh, the Beekman, which is like also a gorgeous hotel. Uh-huh. And that's sort of when um, the uh, chief of staff walks in on them and realizes what's going on. And
1: it's just immediately <laughs> pissed. She puts it together. Yeah, it was very funny.
0: Yeah, because he just falls out of the
1: wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> Literally falls out of the closet.
0: I know Which, it's a little bit on the nose.
1: It is on the nose. But again, I see that in the movie well, and I Alex see it, also
0: says that he's like, it, it, I don't want to be too on the nose, but you need to jump it back in. the Yeah. You, you,
1: you, you, it's like such a on the nose and then admitting that it's on the nose, that it charmed me instead of being, I did not groan at that. I thought, look, because I, I do think in cinematic terms a lot of times. So I was like, great scene in a movie, great scene in a movie.
0: So many excellent scenes. I am very excited to watch this on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, wherever it is. We'll wherever buy, it lands. We're both AMC A list members, so like we'll
1: see it. Yeah, we'll go to the theater to see it. Hopefully it ends up in an actual theater. Yeah. How nice would that be?
0: Listen, I would take it either way.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can't do this all night. <laughs> um so You're I You're lo- not gonna
1: put up with this all night is what you really wanna say. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I loved how the emails, but they did make me nervous the entire time because I was like, these are going to be exposed. Uh-huh. And I was like, private was server, so private stressful. server, private server. But she had a private server, and then that was sort of ended up being the didn't issue. Didn't matter,
1: didn't matter, yeah.
0: Um, you needed a
1: separate private server.
0: That's how it was found out was, well, Alex takes him back to his father's lake house and they have like a really idyllic like two days and Alex is basically about to tell Henry that he loves him and then Henry sort of senses that and can't deal it's it kind of cold yeah because I think for Henry it's kind of English because I think for Henry as much as he probably had loved Alex for a long time he just assumed it was going to be short term because sort of everything in his life had to be short term I don't know ultimately what Henry thought was going to happen like if he would have just married a woman
1: the thing, the difference between the son of a president is that eventually you are the son of an ex-president. Right. Where you are always a prince or you become king or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you, you do. Even but though
0: he, he wasn't going to become king.
1: He wasn't going to become. Well, but he was still royalty mm-hmm. forever and part of that family forever who are in power for probably forever. So, if not, not, if, if, you, any, not made, if you had anything to say <laughs> about it, but that I think is a bigger thing to think about than the uh, a president who is going to be out in either a year or four and four other years. You know, uh, uh, I do think that that was a level of more stakes. The stakes were higher for Henry than they were were for Alex,
0: and that's why I wish we spent more time with Henry, or like in Henry's mind, because that all is a bigger struggle and Henry being older than Alex, I think makes sense too. Cause that was sort of the natural of the relationship of Henry being more experienced, understanding the stakes more. And Alex just seemed kind of like a live wire where he was like, well now I'm really into this dude. And so like, let's go. And I guess I love him. And, Not that I don't think they actually are in love and were in love, but it just felt all so fast for me that I was like, they're making all these massive decisions on like a geopolitical scale based on the whims of a 21 year old. And I just think that's crazy.
1: Well, would you fuck them?
0: Oh yeah. Both. Both. At the same time, individually don't matter.
1: I mean, yeah, they both seem fun. Yeah. I would do it.
0: Henry's super smart and like stuffy. I like you like you
1: like you like unstuffing. Yeah. You like a stuffy guy who gets unstuffed. Mm hmm. Yep.
0: And then Alex just seems fun.
1: Uh, Yeah. Alex is a bit of a wild child. I feel like he'd be uh, he would be a handful. (laughs) More ways always the one. (laughs) And well, they did mention Henry had a huge uh, wanker. But
0: wait, I did love that scene where they're sitting and they both have their pants off. uh And Alex is like, I'm bisexual he tells it to Henry. And then Henry looks at Alex's dick and goes, I'm very gay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was cool. That was so funny. Yeah, that was cool. So, yeah, I would do them both. Why not? And live a little. And there's also, I mean, that they they have access to the highest echelons of power. I mean, I, I'm not telling you that I would uh, not want to see behind the curtain, if you will.
0: Be on some sort of a yacht.
1: Yeah. Oh, of course. All the yachts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, definitely we both fuck them. Yeah. Would you fuck June?
0: June? Maybe. The... June wanted to be a journalist, like a Roxane Gay, Rebecca Tracer, which is great. I think I would be friends with June. I don't think I would fuck her.
1: You know who I would fuck? Who? is Henry's sister, the powder princess. Ooh, yeah.
0: You like a bad girl.
1: Yeah. A little bit of, you know, doing some sneaky with her. You know what I mean?
0: You do the sneaky? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna. I can't say that I'm gonna do coke on this podcast. <laughs> in a fantasy world. Well,
0: she's sober though. She's yeah. not doing coke anymore, but uh, she's still a good time. Me. Yeah.
1: I would be like, you could get the good shit. We're doing the good shit. <laughs> if you're with me, we're doing the good shit.
0: You're taking all this out.
1: Fantasy. No, this is in a fantasy. Uh, I, I can live my fantasy if my fantasy is. Doing coke for ten straight nights with a princess, then I should be allowed to do it because it's never going to happen in real life. Yeah.
0: Um. Oh, and I love the bodyguards too. I would fuck both of them, Sean and Zara.
1: Okay. Nice. Yeah. So. A lot of fuckable people in this book. mm -hmm. This is the most people we would fuck.
0: This is the most people we'd fuck. Yeah,
1: I think it's because we're just like chilled out on a couch and being like, "Sure, we'll fuck anything." (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> whatever who yeah just come bring in. people
1: in and we'll say yes or no and it's probably <laughs> going to be yes
0: but does it involve getting off this couch then probably no then
1: that is a deal breaker
0: yeah are you ready for goodreads list
1: i'm always so for, for this goodreads being
0: Reads. a very new book and that it was like released months ago on a lot of lists
1: i am not surprised
0: most of the lists and i did put these down because it seemed kind of pointless were like most anticipated 2019 yeah yeah and so it's like yeah it was but you know who else was on all those lists? My Daisy Jones.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't mention that list. <laughs> Are you Dave Chappelle hitting yourself with a microphone?
0: All right, books marketed as young adult that might be new adult adult fiction.
1: It's a great question. Is this new adult?
0: Um, well, that's the cartoon cover that I think makes it look like it's YA. Yeah, is this? I don't know what new adult is, New like adult the age
1: range is a step towards romance that is not explicit, but it is more explicit than yeah. Um, uh, YA,
0: I wouldn't call this YA, it's no. definitely more explicit than YA. So maybe, yeah, new adult, I get it.
1: Somebody in our God, I love our fans. We will get a definition of mm-hmm. new adult, even though we could Google it. But okay. I want to hear from romance fans. That's what I want to hear.
0: They're more eloquent.
1: And we've also been recommended, I think, a new adult uh, romance, which was like a hockey, a college hockey romance. Yeah. Which we should think about doing. Sure. Yeah.
0: You want to do hockey. You also want to do rugby. Yeah. If you've got any rugby romances, let us know. Lovely tales of modern royals. Yeah. Yep. Romantic comedy at its best.
1: Yes. This was, this is stationed very much as a rom-com.
0: A great rom-com. Fiction featuring a first son or daughter of the United States. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. Best modern millennial rom-coms, Chicklets.
1: Are they millennials? No, they're
0: young. They're Gen Z. They're Gen Z, bro. They Gen Z.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: We're millennials. I'm a millennial.
1: I'm a Gen Xer. Ooh, I can tell because you're so apathetic. I'm so angsty. You are. What's the point of this whole thing? I'm uh, technically a millennial when it comes to what most people define, but my, my I'm a kindred spirit to Gen Xers. You are. Yeah. You're a real Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites. Thank you.
0: <laughs> you just hang around bookstores, talk about big ideas. Mm-hmm. Best Gay Enemies Rivals Opposites Become Lovers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Best Ever Contemporary Romance Books.
1: Best Ever is is... a high bar. Yeah. And I haven't read enough to say Best Ever. I would say- Well, this is
0: also a list. So would you put it on the list of the best?
1: Best Ever? I don't know Best Ever. Okay. Just because that's so hyperbolic.
0: No, it is I know, but if you think about all the romance all the contemporary romances that we've read, this would be towards the higher end than the lower end.
1: Yes, but I would just say as you if you say that i I trust it, but for me as a nearly a virgin, <laughs> uh I haven't read enough to say best ever
0: okay, fair, sweet hero, yeah, I thought Henry was very sweet. They're
1: both pretty sweet, yeah, yeah.
0: Best fake relationship turn real.
1: Yeah, I well, we'll get into this with tropes, but there's like a funny kind of like, you know, like friends to like enemies to friends and then friends to lovers. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's like a circle. Uh, starchy hero gets unstarched.
1: Boom. One of your favorites mm-hmm.
0: for sure. Bake love until it's not in romance.
1: Technically, that was never fake love. It was fake friendship, but I'll give it to them. No, you know what? I won't give it to them. Take it off the list. Okay. I'm not feeling magnanimous tonight.
0: We're getting warm in here.
1: <laughs> it's getting hot, <laughs> and yeah, this mic is getting hot, and the takes are getting hotter.
0: <laughs> um, books you wish you could force all your friends to read?
1: I won't ever force anybody to read because that's the worst way to make somebody like something. But I would say, if you want to get into romance, here's an option of a book to read. Okay. Yeah. Would you force? Are you forcing people like you did with Daisy Jones? You are. You forced people to read that book.
0: Oh yeah, I really wagered my friendship on someone reading Daisy Jones and Eleven and uh, Evelyn Elevin- and Evelyn Hugo. Um, I wouldn't buy people this, but uh, people often ask me like, what. Romances they should read. And this would definitely be one of them that I would say, like, you try this one. Great. So, not force, but I, I think they're being a little hyperbolic. Uh, books that made you vomit with joy.
1: I get where they're coming from, <laughs> but as a literal minded person, uh, no.
0: <laughs> I think, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. And, you know, sometimes we read books I'm not super excited going in. But this really, like, I ended up reading this every second I had. So, you know, I really loved it. And it was a very joyful book, and the world she created was very joyful. Vector art style book covers. Vector? (laughs) Vector. No, sadly.
1: What does that mean?
0: I don't know. But it was all sort of cartoony covers, so I imagine that's the name of the style. Vector? V-E-C-T-O-R.
1: Vector... I can't, in good conscience, say it should be on that list without more information. Okay, so um, that's a question mark, question mark, question mark situation.
0: I picked that's it up. TBD.
1: Mm-hmm. TBD. It's TBD.
0: But not our friend TBD. No. Someone else. Yeah. Um, I picked it up because of the hype.
1: I we did see that. I could see that we did this book because of the hype.
0: Yeah, we kept hearing like, about Let's it. Let's get
1: a little bit of this heat.
0: Yeah, like everyone says, good. Let's see what if everyone's right. Yeah, and you know what? They were diverse uh, romance with famous leads.
1: Yeah, I mean, technically, they would be famous because they are the.
0: They are famous. Is Prince William famous? Who? Prince Henry.
1: Who? I mean, I don't Prince follow. Harry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They they are famous people in this world. Like
0: yes. Chelsea Clinton is famous.
1: Who? Stop. <laughs>
0: Best romance that also make you LOL. I laughed. Okay, there you go. I laughed too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mommy, I laughed. (laughs) That's the creepiest thing a kid can say. Mommy, I laughed.
0: Save it for your creepy-ass scripts.
1: Uh, I'll save it for my peeper podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Because when nothing's going on, I'm going to just talk about weird shit.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna be the tw- first twenty minutes of Marin for an hour.
1: No, yeah, and then
0: just couch explanations. No, uh,
1: but Marin it would not be boring if he was gonna talk about the shit I'm gonna talk about on Peepercast.
0: Okay, keep Peepercast coming, fall 2020.
1: <laughs> well, if you if Ghost Story takes <laughs> off, of course I'm gonna go defect to Peepercast. You're gonna be I'm gonna be like, oh well, you know, can't do tropes this weekend because I'm doing Peepercast. <laughs>
0: uh slow burn romance.
1: Um, it started slow and then accelerated very fast.
0: Right. I don't think the romance was slow. I think they were like kept apart for a long time. Uh So it wasn't like they were, but then they would bang it out every time they saw each other. A romance is where, uh, with main characters who aren't jerks to each other.
1: I mean, they're jerk. I mean, Alex is jerky to begin with a little bit, but a lot of it. Yeah.
0: Alex is like a petulant little asshole at the beginning. Yeah.
1: But Henry, I guess Henry was kind of a jerk by being aloof.
0: I guess. Is that being a jerk or is that just being aloof?
1: Or like above the fray in a way.
0: He's also a, like a literal prince. Uh-huh. So as much as I don't believe in the monarchy, like, you you know, you are a prince.
1: Yeah, you, you, you do think as long as it's intact, they do deserve to be like, uh, to act better than other people.
0: I don't think they deserve it. But if they did, I wouldn't be like. Shocked by it, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, this seems par for the course."
1: Mm-hmm. I think they've earned every everything that oh, you, <laughs> I can't they. I think they say it with a straight
0: face. <laughs> they didn't earn shit. Best first books by new author. It's crazy. This is also her first book.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a a, a big hello, hello. Well, her saying hello, I'm here. Yeah, deal with it.
0: We've read a few first books, and I almost wanted to put in a policy of not reading first books anymore because I feel like it's a hard thing to pull off.
1: You mean first books in a series or first book?
0: Like an author's first published book. What other ones did we read? Well, I don't want to say now, but I feel like, you know, maybe to try to give authors a fair shake. To find their footing. Right. it, It takes a few books sometimes, and so not maybe going with the first one. Mm, you know, cause we always want to like and hype up the books that we read. We yep. want to be genuine, give you actually what we thought, but you yes. know, we want to like everything. Contemporary romance books. You can't put down.
1: It There was good momentum to it. I thought it was like so readable.
0: I think after the first few chapters, like basically once they made out, I was in and I was reading nonstop. Um, before that, it took a second to get off the ground. Uh,
1: I, I, I kind of, as soon as I started reading it, I thought, Man, it's gonna be a movie. And, and so I just kept reading it.
0: Was it just like the blind jealousy that just like kept propelled you forward?
1: No, you know, I root for these things to be more mainstream, especially like a queer romance. That's like the fact that this is gonna be a big, probably a big deal as a book, but then also as another media is huge and awesome. No,
0: 100%.
1: So I'm I'm just saying I'm jealous in the sense of, like, it's such a great idea.
0: Yeah. Um, suggested reads for the Vaginal Fantasy Book Club.
1: Yes, I guess, I guess. I don't know what the vaginal, uh, what is it called? Vaginal Fantasy, fantasy, book, fantasy book Club. Book club?
0: Um, I don't know either. I just thought it was funny. Okay. So I wrote it down. Bisexuality exists. Just a statement.
1: Uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, true. true. Not I guess, it is true.
0: Books to read under the Trump administration. Uh,
1: all yes. books are being read under the Trump administration right now. So you can't... You. Uh, but
0: ones to specifically... Yeah, I think if you're feeling hopeless, I think this is a book to read. Yes. Clayton. <laughs> Do
1: you what? have any tropes? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs>
0: You could never have guessed that was coming next.
1: Well, I thought there was more lists: queer romance, interracial romance, oh, yeah. enemies to lovers, but with a stop of friends to lovers. So it really goes: enemies to friends, and then friends to lovers. Uh, bisexual hero, royalty, sexual awakening. Forced proximity, because they had to be buddies.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right.
1: Um, falling out of the closet. <laughs> uh, Henry falls out of the closet. Museums after hours, but we... Th- that is now... Um, what do we say? It is uh, clandestine after hours? After hours clandestine.
0: I think that's also now... I think that's a bit repetitive. We're going to workshop it.
1: Okay. They know what we mean. Mm-hmm. Um, Political intrigue. Aaron. what are your tropes?
0: (laughs) So I have uh, Enemies to Lovers. I've Loved You So Long, because Henry. And also Alex.
1: Alex, the the magazine he looked at when he was a kid.
0: Geopolitical Shitstorm. Coming Out, Bisexuality. Coming of Age, maybe?
1: 21, you know, that's Coming of Age.
0: Uh, Sex at a Party, because, you know... They bang it out in front of um, Al Hamilton. Celebrity dating. Those are both celebrities. We've established that securely. Uh, Royalty. Secret meetings. Yeah. Because it's all uh, on the cover. Love that. Uh, Epistolatory romance. Explain. (laughs) That means romance that is mostly done through letters. But these are emails, so modern day letters.
1: Did you know that or did you look that up?
0: As, that I knew that that was a word? I knew that was a word. Well, did
1: you know that was a concept? Yeah. As an expert? Yeah. Nice. That's why <laughs> That's why you're the veteran. Yeah. And I'm just the virgin.
0: Uh, long distance romance and then a relationship of convenience. A friendship of convenience. You know? Kind of. There.
1: Oh, I get Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of tropes. Tropy. Tropy. But in a great way because we love the tropes.
0: I mean, we're here, we named, we loved it so much. We named ourselves after it. Absolutely. Yeah. Be like naming yourself peanut butter. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's very hot guys. It's very hot. <laughs>
1: naming yourself <laughs> peanut butter.
0: <laughs> Clayton, <laughs> what has you swooning this week?
1: Um, so Aaron, what has me swooning is, and I know I've done this before, But I would be remiss if I didn't swoon about my friends again. I knew you were going to do it. Well, I got to because you, producer Patty, all my other friends. I don't know if they want to be named. They might not want to be named. You know who you are. They like to be anonymous. They threw me a a dress-up party as a mid-to-late-30s man. Uh, for a movie, The Star-, a Star is Born, that we all love, but I loved, I loved very deeply in my heart. And it's just so nice to have that in your life and, you know, uh, just to be around like-minded people, funniest people that exist, and just the sweetest, like, kindest people that I know. And I am so, so lucky to uh, be important enough to them that they would go out of their way in their super incredibly busy lives to do something as goofy and fun as that party that we had. So I love my friends and every week I swoon about them, but I will only mm-hmm. do this on the podcast at extreme times such as these. So I feel like no
0: matter what I say, I sound like an asshole. I,
1: I mean, that's part of why I did this. <laughs> no, no, no. What are you swooning about?
0: Um, so I'm sweating about like a concept. So I love the uh, blog Cup of Joe. and so she's a woman who lives in Brooklyn somewhere with her two sons and, but she writes about um, is her name Joe? Her name is Joe Goddard. And so she, and she has other women who write for her too, and they're all really fantastic and I really love it. but, the other thing that's that's great about this blog is that the comments are really fantastic, and normally the comments are a cesspool, but here everyone is, like, really respectful to each other and really interesting, and, like, they seem to only write comments to really add something to the conversation, which I love. So on one of the things uh, I read, one of the commenters said, you know, whenever I ask myself, should I do this or that, she's like, "What." what decision will give me a big life and what decision will give me a small life. So whenever you're making a decision, you're like, I want a big life. So I'm going to make the decision. That's a big life. And I started employing that pretty much immediately. And it has really helped where I'm like, I I don't really want to go to that party because I'm going to be nervous and I won't really know anyone, but I'm like, well, we'll go into the party, give me a bigger life or we'll staying at home uh, drinking wine, watching Mindhunter give me a big life. And it's like, no, I should probably go. Um, And it's really helped me get over like anxiety and about doing things so that you sort of start looking at things as an adventure. So I would say, you know, just that concept, maybe asking yourself every once in a while, sort of what is, is it going to give me a big life or a small life? And which do you want?
1: That I think is really awesome. Cool. Because that is such a great concept because I do that all the time. I mean, my current decision making is a microscopic life (laughs) and I really want to have a bigger life and i think you know it's it's you you can take steps in that direction and you're not going to make the, uh, you're probably not going to make a huge leap every time mm-hmm. but it like you said it's should i go to this party or not go to this party it's opening yourself up to experiences and it's a cool way of thinking so i think that's really awesome yeah. i think it's a helpful way to think we did it we
0: did it we are puddles of sweat on my couch and but sentient ones that are still talking Um, So like we say every week, please rate, review, subscribe. Um, It helps other people find us. You guys do a great job of it. We really, really appreciate you taking the time. Um, If you want to email us rugby romances, hockey romances, um, any sort of suggestion for anything.
1: Definition of uh, a new adult. Mm -hmm. Um, We asked for something else, too, and I can't remember you guys are so better so much better at remembering it than we are yeah
0: pay attention to the podcast and then answer our questions
1: <laughs> they're always paying attention no it's
0: good um, anyway you can always email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com uh, on twitter we are learning tropes at instagram we are learning the tropes and then as always you can join our facebook group learning the tropes troop
1: we are actively recruiting we're actively
0: recruiting. We want you.
1: We
0: let, we let everyone know what our books are going to be in there about, like, sometimes a good two weeks early. So it is worth it to be in there. Everyone's very nice. Come on in. Um, and then next week, we are going to be reading Prisoner of My Desire by Judith McDonald which it seems like a lot of people are excited about and or have already read.
1: So Or have read, like, years and years ago. Yeah,
0: because it's uh, 30 years old.
1: That's an inter- I think that's interesting that we're going to have some of the veteran readers revisit something that they read so long ago yeah. that's I think very interesting
0: I'm interested too because I think it was published I think in 90 or 91 and that was like such a different world I mean in general but also sort of within romance and sort of what was going on so I am interested to what, how it reads now
1: we have some really great uh, veteran readers who listen to this podcast and interact in the troop, and I always look forward to I look forward to all the comments but I look forward to that too because it's such an expansive view of the genre
0: yeah so read that one we're reading it and we will see you next week
1: bye bye guys